3: Get in the know, non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and ScoreNorth.com.
1: The Vikings got Bashad Breland and a 6th round draft pick. The Chiefs got Mike Hughes, a 7th round draft pick, and $2 million in salary cap space. Hughes's cap hit this year is about $1.8, $1.9 million. Breland's is Probably going to be between three and four. Again, up two is doing some pretty heavy lifting there. But that's not a trade that I would have made at all. Like I wouldn't. I. I, I would have. I would have laughed someone off for suggesting that. Honestly.
0: Wow, that's Josh Briscoe on eight hundred and ten WHB radio in Kansas City. And by the way, I think you guys are going to be fine there in Kansas. That's the beauty of having Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. They just they make up for like if you have to downgrade a little bit at cornerback. I think you guys will be. You give up an extra half a point a game or something. I think you'll you'll still be fine. All right. He's hot very, very hot. He's very mad about that. Life is great when you're a Chiefs fan, yes. and that's what you're complaining about. And you can about, break right? down. <laughs> what the hell is going
2: on? Yep. Mike Hughes on a six-round pick.
0: So this is Purple Daily, daily Vikings entertainment. Yes, even during the off-season doldrums leading up to training camp, we are bringing it every day on the show. Thanks in part to uh, our presenting sponsor, TCL. Enjoy more of what you love with TCL. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad, Declan Goff. And don't forget the brand-new Score North app, which you can find – in the Apple and Google Play stores for free. Check it out. There's a link in the YouTube uh, comments or description section, and it's got everything we do at Score North: daily episodes of Purple Daily in video and audio form, Mackie and Judd, all of our other podcasts, Royce and Chain, Ten Thousand Swings, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, and so, yeah, hit us up on the Score. You can you can click the feedback section, send us a video message, a photo message, or just a text message, and uh, we'll use it for content on the show. But the big news over the weekend. Bashad Breland, who visited the Vikings a couple weeks back and clearly wasn't happy with their lowball offer because he took to his social media accounts and was like, I know what my value is, these clown teams that think that I'm you know, a veteran minimum guy. Uh, so the Vikings must have come back and said, all right, we can get this to be up to $4 million if you hit certain incentives, I would guess. So, um, so the Vikings, two-part question here for you guys. Your thoughts on adding Bashad Breland, who's been a key, not always top performer. He's had some issues in tackling and run defense, but from a coverage standpoint, he's been pretty damn good with the Chiefs the last uh, couple of seasons. Your thoughts on Breland, and then your thoughts overall on just this offseason. Can they continue to add key pieces to this
2: roster? Okay, my thoughts are this. Um, if you include the Breland signing and the the signing of, I believe it's former Tennessee Titan, Ty Smith last week, the Vikings are now up to 10 cornerbacks on the roster. It is very clear that not to say I told you so, but we were proven right in saying last year at this time, are you sure you want to go in with all those youngsters at corner? Like, like this is a pretty, this is a pretty strategic in-depth defensive scheme. Are you sure that, you know, Jeff Gladney and, Dancler, And by the way, they might be absolutely fine. But is this a smart move? And the Vikings were like, you on Purple Daily don't understand what we're doing. We can teach. We can teach them. We can make them great. And then it all fell apart and guys got hurt like like Hughes did. Um, and so I think the Breland signing, I actually like this because this is exactly why I criticized them last year. I like the fact that they are now going in with, with certainly some insurance if guys get hurt. And up until last week, my, I guess, expectation had been that the starters would be Patrick Peterson, Dantzler, Alexander inside in the nickel. Yeah. And now it sounds like Breland at least, was told that he'll be given a chance to compete for a starting job, which I love, competition. There's nothing wrong with that. So if my if you came to me and said, the Vikings are going to either... Run it back at corner and try the same thing, and it's going to be guys with slightly more experience. But you know they're not going to go out and get the Brelands and the Petersons and the Smiths, or they're going to spend a little bit more, but they're going to create competition and give themselves depth at a position which we know is absolutely key uh, for a Zim defense. I'm going door two, and the last thing too, keep in mind, without knowing. Who's going to start at right defensive end to rush the quarterback? And without right now knowing fully when it comes to Daniil Hunter showing up for training camp. So there is question there. Uh, if you have the have uh, the misfortune of not having either of those defensive ends set, I guess it's going to have to be really good. Your cover corners because the pressure is not going to be there. So I actually do, although it's a very on-brand Zim thing, I do applaud this approach. Yeah, Dex. What about you? Where are you at with Bashad Breland?
1: Look, Zimmer's gonna if he could, he could do a, a, a roster of fifty-three cornerbacks. I think uh, that would be preferred. <laughs> Maybe. Uh... And maybe 52 cornerbacks in one good defense event. If I can just get that. I And think no that's kickers. All, and, and no kickers. kickers. Yep. No quarterbacks. Just uh, a straight <laughs> Navy offense. 55 handoffs a game. No pass attempts. That's, uh, that would be... It z- works pretty well for Navy. Honestly. I, if, and if there's a coaching vacancy that opens up, I don't know if... Uh, I don't think Zimmer's part of the Armed Forces, but I think Navy would be, uh, would, be would come a uh, Colin and he'd thrilled. love it. He'd love it. Uh, but Breland, yeah, I, I think he's honestly a solid cornerback. I know he might probably actually compete... You can make a good case he'll be the outside starting cornerback with Cam Dansler when, when the season opens. He has a good pedigree there. I, I think it's a solid signing. Um, the Vikings aren't the same defense they were in 2017 uh, with, with their stud cornerbacks, but at the same time, I think they're in a better position now than they were a year ago. And it, it solidifies that top 10, top 5 Vikings defense in 2021 still might be a bit far-fetched, but you know this defense has improved, and I think Breland solidifies that.
0: So yeah, so what what does the I like the signing as well, but I mean Pat Patrick Peterson is a starter, right? I mean and and Breland played some slot with Green Bay in 2018
2: and had a couple good games, but he's an outside yes. corner. Yes, I think he's I think he's going to compete with Dantzler, and and the one thing and they're right about this the one thing that Dantzler uh, did not prove in any way, shape, or form in his first year was staying healthy. So this all I think this all comes back to watching Chris Boyd try and play. Now Chris Boyd could make the roster and on special teams, who knows? Maybe he's improved there. But I think this all goes back to I, I think you can find for for Zimmer, I think you could find defining moments, Phil, in the 2020 season defensively where he thought never again. The run de- defense game was the Saints game on Christmas Day, which was a debacle, just a complete embarrassment. But I also think that that Dallas game, where who who was the backup corner that they had in, who who it wasn't oh. that he, it yeah. wasn't that it wasn't that the tackle got broken. Was, was it Chris? Chris Jones. Chris Jones. Chris Jones. Chris Jones. Chris Jones yes. Okay. We've, well, quick. it we wasn't forget. that the tackle got broken. It was that he never really tried to tackle the guy. Yeah, and I think that was a moment where he was where. Zimmer said, rightfully so, we're not going down this path anymore. Yeah,
0: no, he did, and it, I, I think you know, I, part of me is like, good. I mean, yeah, you, you, you hit a breaking point defensively, and you look to fix those things in the off season, and it's great what they've what they've done on paper in the off season to maximize the limited cap space they've had. I mean, this is a hell of an off season for Rob Brzezinski, clearing room, and just and just you know giving Rick Spielman the ability to sign five or six players on defense to fix this thing. On the other hand, they have spent valuable draft capital in recent years on guys like Mike Hughes and Jeff Gladney in the first round and even Cam Dantzler in the third round, right? And they've just determined over the course of the last 12 months, yeah, for various reasons, some of them injury-related with Mike Hughes. We're just kind of done with all those guys. Like To me, this signifies we like Cam Dantzler for like 2022 and as a backup who can come in and be a depth guy, but... You don't. I don't think you sign Breland and bring him in if you're not just planning on having that job opposite Patrick Peterson be his to start the year, right? I don't think he's. I don't think he's competing with Cam Dantzler in camp. I think it's his job unless he's a disaster in the preseason.
2: Yeah, I was gonna say. I, I think that. I think that you can have them compete. You're probably right, but I mean, Dantzler did not show that that he could consistently stay on. Field and Zimmer at some point in time, I think it was late in the year, commented on that. He's like, he's got to, he's got to gain some weight here. He can't keep. Wait, Zimmer being took hurt. a shot at one of his players for being injured too. What? what oh, I know, about? I know. You're shocked by that. Sheree Floyd was shocked Sheree too. F- he texted me. Like, Floyd, like, I, like I, can't, it- <laughs> I can't believe that Mike took a shot. I mean the doctor cut the tendon of my leg and I was basically yeah, I was, Floyd no was
0: like Lieutenant Dan with like, they'd like amputate his leg. And Mike Zimmerman was like, I
2: don't care. Why
0: isn't he out there? He okay, can't get out there. Can't get he can't get out he's there. He's not practicing.
2: So, so, but yeah, I, after they trusted a lot of guys that they probably shouldn't have trusted so implicitly a year ago, I think this makes sense. I also, I wonder if they know that re- regardless of how his, um his situation plays out in Dallas, legally that Jeff Gladney's going to be suspended for a substantial amount of time. Like he's not there yet. Um, we'll see if he shows up at the mandatory camp next week, but this, these moves are almost like they're assuming that they're not going to have Gladney for a long period of time. Right? Yeah,
0: no, it's yeah. I think, I think this means that Gladney is for sure not in the plans. And if he, if he is still even on the roster after all of this legal stuff plays out, um which i would bet that he's probably not but even if he is i think they've just determined listen all right he's going to be like the fifth guy on that depth chart we're just not even going to
2: you know what i think they might try and do here i think they might try cuz being a first round pick i don't think you're going to cut him i think what they're trying to do is create insulation here between him actually ha- having a profile and having to play and that he might be suspended for let's say 4 to 6 games yeah and just sort of hoping internally that the fans forget about his existence on the <laughs> roster until 2022.
0: Yes, I would agree with that.
2: Because I because if you have to cut him, look at the recent first round picks. Oh, it's, to go back yeah. to Hughes, it's a it's a colossal disaster in yeah, some and
0: ways. Yeah, and that type of thing, you know, that factors into the decision making, right? It's, yeah. it's never just it's never just cut and clear. This is a this guy committed a heinous crime, and therefore we need to cut him. It's all based. It's all the. Baggage to talent ratio, right? It's like Adrian Peterson. Uh, yes. The Vikings weren't going to do anything, right, when he took a switch to a four-year-old. By the way, just real quick, I'm on pro football focus here, just trying to see all right, how much do they like Bishad Breland. So of of the 137 cornerbacks that played uh, at least 20% of snaps last year, he was graded as the 24th best coverage cornerback out of 137. Now, he was kind of a disaster in uh, – penalties taken he took an average of one penalty every other week which is not very good and uh and as a tackler he was kind of a disaster as well but luckily you know the vikings sometimes they've had some questionable cornerback tacklers but they always have harrison smith back there to bail them out and eric kendricks on the second level
2: to bail them out so pro football focus really likes Bashad breland in coverage i think you just hit the key thing about the run defense I think that the Vikings thought process, and they might be right, is that against the run, the line is going to be so much improved and the linebacking core should be pretty good there that you won't have to be as concerned. We saw a lot of of guys running the football last year who got to the cornerbacks, and ideally they don't, right? Ideally they're stopped. So I think the Vikings thought process with Breland is probably the fact that they're improved so much with the tackles on the defensive line will stop that a bit more. Um, but yeah, I definitely look compared to a, a year ago when the Vikings made assumptions that I thought were not smart. This is the right path. Yeah. Yep. But this and is a far better choice. Do you think, and we're going to
0: get to some Daniil Hunter speculation and possibly another nugget here in just a second. So stick with us for a minute. Um, the Geno Atkins, I mean, you floated, last week on the show that, Hey, the Vikings are still kicking the tires on Geno Atkins. Um, I don't think Breland's contract would prevent them from giving Geno Atkins something slightly more than the veterans minimum. So I already really like how active they've been. And we'll find out like philosophically. I I just, I don't know if I'm in love with two nose tackles until they get now, if they were to sign Geno Atkins, Mm -hmm. I would say in terms of fixing your defense, this is a, about as good as you can do with the limited cap space that they had right now. They don't have enough pass rushing pressure up the middle or opposite Daniel Hunter. And they're still dealing with the the Neil Hunter contract situation. But if they can make that right and they can bring in Gino Atkins on third downs, if there's still some gas left in the tank there, I will say they pretty unequivocally have done just about everything they can do defensively in free agency and with off season moves and trades and whatnot. Yes. Um, to improve this team. Do you think there's still a chance that Geno Atkins could be added in addition to Breland?
2: Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, because I'm mean, you, you probably have a certain amount set aside for him, and you, you're not going to exceed that. But at this point in time, I, I don't think that there's a ton of teams that are probably pounding on his door. So, yes, I think there, there's definitely – a case to be made that he could still uh, still be signed. Excuse me. I think the other thing too is, it, so if he signed, he's going to be signed more as a situational third down rush guy from the tackle position. So that, that's addressing a secondary need. But I mean, the greatest thing about this whole, this whole thing to me is this one. Zimmer has basically said, if my ass is on the line in 2021, which in no question is we're going down my way. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. like, yeah, like I, he has just, I can, he's I'm been with like, all hands on deck defensively. You're going to fix everything that was wrong last year. You know, let's stop with this. Well, I can teach a guy off the street to play corner. Um, so, so it has completely crystallized what the game plan is. And if it works, it's going to work really well. And if it doesn't, Mike's not going to be back in 2001. I, I
0: can respect it, honestly. I can respect it. I, I, I don't know if the path that they keep going down, which is the Eleven guys on defense, all gelling and staying healthy together, and that's the way that we're going to win games. Like I just don't know that that's that you're likely to win a Super Bowl doing it that way. But right, um, but this is what he's comfortable with. He really is one of the the great defensive coaches in the NFL the last twenty or twenty five years. And if they don't have a top ten for sure, and maybe even fringe top five defense with all of these pieces that he has handpicked throughout the last six months, right? then it, then the decision becomes and, pretty easy, right? All right, sorry, like we tried to do it your yeah. way, and the defense was fine, but it wasn't amazing. And yep. again, the Vikings had a mediocre uh, borderline playoff record. And so then you can, with a clearer conscience, you can then say, all right, well, if we're going to make a change, now we're going to bring in the offensive-minded
2: guy and Eric Bienemy or something, right? Yes, and defensively, top five, scoring. Like, I don't care about the rest of it. Like, yards bore me. But you need to be a top, I I think, a top five to maybe eight scoring defense. Uh, if you, you are, I think it'll be just fine. And I will give the, the Vikings a little bit of a, a pass on this. Uh, I think the way that they went about addressing the offensive line in the draft was pretty positive. So, like, if they hadn't addressed the line more, I would rip them. But they addressed left tackle, I think, for the future. I like the guard pick, and so you do. Feel, you do feel like offensively they've been given a chance. I don't love it, but it's also not nearly as glaring as it, it would have been if you had just signed a guy off the street who you had questions about.
3: Enjoy a weed-free summer at the lake, courtesy of Aquaside. One easy application of Aquaside pellets can eliminate weeds and lake muck. Yeah. Aquaside has been trusted by hundreds of thousands of lake homeowners since 1960. Neglecting aquatic weeds can hamper recreational activities like swimming and boating. Lake weeds can also provide breeding habitats for insects. Make your lakeshore beautiful this summer with Aquaside. Call 1-800-328-9350 or go to Aquaside.com.
0: If they are going to be a top five defense, (laughs) they're going to have to have Daniil Hunter, I would think. And so we're going to get to an interesting Daniel Hunter nugget or two here, but really, what they did with Bashad Breland is they they got some more insurance for that defense, a little more, a little more risk management. You're you're looking to avoid the risk of giving up a bajillion touchdowns to the Saints, for instance, like you did last year, right? So, uh, just envision that Bashad Breland and Dalvin Tomlinson are like Federated Insurance marketing reps, where they come in and they can help your business with risk management, with uh, tools and resources to maximize the success of your business and help you sleep better at night. Federated has been around for over a hundred years based in Owatonna, Minnesota. They are one of us. They've been helping purple daily and Mackie and Judd for a long time throughout a pandemic year. Um, so when you support them, you support us and they'll support your business. So everyone, everyone wins when, uh, when you go to federatedinsurance.com and connect, remember it's federated. It's our business to protect yours. Okay, uh, a young budding aspiring media member, Paul Allen from KFXN in, in me. the Twin Cities. <laughs> about me. He has a radio show in addition to uh once in a while he will even describe Vikings games on the radio. Young aspiring, someday hopes to achieve something in the industry this young <laughs> Paul, Allen. All right? So um so he and I'm I'm just reading a recap of this from zonecoverage.com, but he when he says something with inside information about the vikings you can pretty much take it to the bank that it's you can take that to the take, blood take bank that, take that to the purple bank <laughs> like he's not just making things up right like he's I, got certain yes. he's got he he can't just go reckless and a rogue when it comes to the vikings or his employers will not be happy
2: right? he's also he's also just to be clear in my opinion been green-lighted to say it. By That's the team.
0: also a fair point, yep. So he said, let me lay it out. Daniil Hunter is embarrassing himself by doing this. He has not showed up to OTAs yet. I believe that him having a problem with his contract and this team is dead accurate or he'd be at OTAs. Where I feel bad for somebody I genuinely adore is he has some former Vikings in his ears and it's changing the complexion of where this thing is going <laughs> Hopefully it stops. What are your thoughts? Hey, <laughs> Who do you think the former Vikings are that are in his ear? I got two that I could. Uh, this is oh, I think total one is speculation.
2: Oh, I think one's a slam dunk. <laughs> Everson, I, Everson Griffin for sure. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And and then and then my question becomes this: If he's in, in his ear, is it just about the contract, or is, is it about the contract and the opportunity to win here with the current quarterback starting? Because Everson Griffin, I don't care what his state of mind was, his tweet about Kirk that he tried to sort of take back, where he, I think he called him ass, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, it, w- it
0: was a three-word tweet, I believe, that
2: said, Kirk is ass. So, okay. Yeah. That was sincere. Like, that was not a, he didn't accidentally type, Kirk is ass. He was being sincere about that. So I would love to know, one is, I am sure that Griffin is in, Daniel's ear. I would love to know what he's saying. Um, but I mean this just this is not a surprise, right? Like this brings us all back to what what Rappaport went with and a lot of people tried to ignore in the fall, which is this guy wants a new contract. And if he does not get one, he's not showing up. I, I mean I was wrong, by the way. It was a four-word tweet. Kirk Cousins is ass. Oh, oh, well then I take back everything I said. <laughs> um but the Rappaport Pelicero, because i believe it was both of them combined on the report tweet was the fact that the vikings might have to trade daniel hunter if they don't give him a new uh, contract so i think that what i think paul is passing along what the vikings are saying internally and now want out there to probably try and sway the public a little bit towards their side and uh, this i guess the one thing this tells me phil is that we aren't necessarily as far down the road as I assumed that we might be because of the silence from the Daniel Hunter camp. I assumed that things might be quietly evolving. This tells me that they're not. This tells me that they're at a stalemate, yeah. and 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 this probably tells me that there's a, there's a pretty good chance he is not going to show up at the mandatory camp next week in yeah. Egan.
0: This is very interesting. The mandatory camp is going to tell you a lot, right? I mean, the word mandatory. All you need to know right now. You know, OTAs, it's really easy, I think, to to just sort of speculate. OTAs, these are are voluntary, and maybe they're working on a deal, and you just don't want to risk him blowing his knee out in the week before they hammer out a deal. Absolutely. But the fact that this is getting out now through uh, KFXN Radio, partner of the Vikings, the fact that it's getting out in this way that this, listen, Hunter is embarrassing himself. He's got some disgruntled former Vikings in his ear. And you know we just need him to come back to Earth here and see it our way, right? It means that there's not progress being made behind the scenes. Correct. That's my that's my interpretation of this. Agreed. And um, it's hard. On one hand, you could tell the Vikings, "Well, what are you what are you guys doing? Just pay the guy. Like he's he's probably the most important non quarterback on your roster. You could make a case for Justin Jefferson, and some people might say Dalvin, but like." Your edge rusher in 2021's NFL, when you have an edge rusher that's that good, like he's a top-five edge rusher, yep. and he terrorizes opposing quarterbacks, yep. I mean, you need that to win a Super Bowl in 2021 NFL. And so on one hand, Vikings, what are you doing? Just just pay the guy, man. Like, I know that he agreed to this contract, but just do right by him, make him happy, and move on. Well, but on the other hand, if Daniil Hunter is saying, oh, we want that Bosa money, we want that $27 million in average annual value, which is almost double what he's making right now. I think he's like, well, it might be closer to $17 million average annual value. Well, dude, we can't make you the highest paid edge. Ad- we haven't seen you play in two years, right? Well, so, I, And that's the problem. Yes. I see it both ways. And I guess we just don't know, like, okay, what's, what's the gap? Like what, what's Daniel Hunter asking for? And then what are the, I'm sure the Vikings are willing to, I'm, I, I'm guessing the Vikings are not sitting there saying, sorry, dude, you signed the contract. Tough luck. Like, I'm sure the Vikings are willing to compromise. It just depends on how much, and Remindy. we don't know whether. i man, uh, a nah, nah, nah. nah,
2: boo-boo. We <laughs> signed you a contract. Um, yeah, and and the Bosa thing goes back to, Dukes has been reporting that for quite some time, and, and he's got people he talks to about that. So, you know, it's pretty clear that the Hunter people said, Bosa broke the bank. We deserve that, too. Yeah. And so if they're saying that, you've got a problem and where i will partially side with the vikings is i mean it has to make you nervous that Daniil hunter had a herniated disc um fixed and he had you know surgery on his neck and you don't know you don't know and so i'm sure the vikings are saying hey let's do this and let's create protection for us as well and if the hunter camps like no 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 we are going off 2000 um 18 and 19 and we you know 2020 He's going to be fresh here, and they've drawn a line in the sand about what their expectation is. This is a problem because I don't know if you can give him the contract that he wants from. Well, hell, fill a cap standpoint too. Like I know that you can backload things and create more room, but at some point in time too, the Vikings have a problem in in that they're going to have to they're going to have to create some salary cap room where a lot of this stuff comes off the books. And, like, if you're continually – and that's, that's the thing where the cap exists. If you're going to kick things down the road and kick them down the road and do it and do it, which they've done before, um, there becomes financial constraints at some point, and your team's still going to get bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other thing, too, Phil, this ties into one thing that we talked about on this show. In fact, you know what? We had a better 2020 off-season plan on Purple Daily than the Vikings did. This ties into Dalvin's contract as well, because what did we say? Because Dalvin's a marvelous player. None of us ever said, Dalvin Cook sucks. He shouldn't get that contract. We, w- When he was making noise about his contract, every, I believe, Dex, you and me all said, okay, but there's a price to pay here, because you're going to have to make decisions now. And the Dalvin Cook contract and the Kirk contract and all of those things, not, they were going to cost somebody, and there's a chance that it's going to cost Hunter from getting the contract that you wanted to give him or could have. And if that's the case, this comes back to positional conversations. If you come to me right now and say, Judd, it's on a defensive end or a really good running back. I'm not thinking about it. It's the defensive end.
0: Yeah. Yep. Um, And the Vikings have been pretty brilliant from a cap standpoint and just sort of having their cake and eating it too throughout the years. They just do a great job. And they make a lot of veterans happy, but it's very obvious that there's been more turmoil. Like Everson Griffin clearly has a sour taste. Stefan Diggs clearly had a sour taste. With well, with Diggs, it wasn't really about money because he got the contract. Um, Kyle Rudolph, I don't think, left on terrible terms, but obviously had a problem with Kirk Cousins. Did not name him in a 2,000 word. So there's some there's weird feelings with key players toward the organization. And some of those weird feelings have to do with money. Some have to do with Kirk Cousins or offensive philosophy, right? Yeah. And all I would say is in this sort of back and forth of, oh, who's at fault here? Daniil Hunter or the Vikings? Both parties are probably being a little unreasonable. Daniil Hunter, if he thinks he's the highest paid edge rusher coming off neck surgery, that's not realistic. All right, let's come back to earth a little bit. But the Vikings, too, it's your responsibility to ultimately keep chemistry as good as possible and and get everyone on the same page and not throwing tantrums. And some guys are just going to be divas um, or exhibit certain behaviors. But there's just been enough little seeds of turmoil that have popped up and boiled over publicly. It hasn't derailed the whole thing, but it's intriguing to me. Like how how are Mike Zimmer, Rick Spielman and Kirk Cousins going to fix this as the figureheads and leaders of this organization? Well, and get everyone on the same page yep. for what might be the last real shot in 2021
2: with this nucleus. And this is why at the combine in the clip that we've played before from Zim, the combine before Kirk was signed that March, he essentially talked about the downfall or the issues with the big quarterback contract, right? That's exactly what he he said, because I can guarantee you right now, if you went to Mike and said, okay, Mike, here's the deal. Dalvin, Kirk, Hunter, rank them for me. Yeah. He would say Hunter. I think in his mind he would say Cook and then Kirk. Um, and and if, if we don't all start to understand that no matter how you feel about Kirk's box scores and stats, because they're good, um, that there wouldn't be animosity in that building at seeing what he's done production-wise as far as playoff success. And then if you're if you're Hunter and you when you played have been fantastic, you're not saying well Kirk's eating up a large part of my cap so I'm cool with that. You're saying why am I not being paid? When you're him and and Delvin got his contract and you're like okay so I'm still you know I took I took what at the time was a good deal for me but now you know I'm the I believe 17th highest paid pass rush end in the league. You're not going to weigh that as, well, but Kirk gives us a chance. I mean, unless Kirk is Brady, Rodgers, like we're talking about a top four or five guy. I think that a lot of guys who play key roles probably feel animosity built up about the fact that in three years he's been to the playoffs once and he's being paid like that, and you're not.
0: Yeah. Yep. It's, uh, boy, this is all. This This could all head in really so many directions. Like, this could everyone. Daniil could get a new contract and be happy, and they got all these defensive pieces, and and they could make a real run in 2021. It also
2: kind of feels like wheels could be a little rickety. When, and... when Paul comes out and says that, and it's clearly from the team, it tells me there's more wrong than we had assumed. Yes. Like the quiet before the storm was not a good quiet. It feels like the storms are brewing. The Meadows at Mystic Lake invites
3: you to play their award-winning public golf course. It offers a unique, challenging, and scenic experience that both beginner and expert golfers will enjoy. The Meadows at Mystic Lake features over 7,000 yards of pristine bent grass fairways, trees and greens surrounded by acres of wildflowers and prairie plants. This oasis, just minutes away from downtown Minneapolis, provides a magical escape to nature. It's never too early to book a tee time or shop the pro shop. Stop in or visit GolfTheMeadows.com. That's GolfTheMeadows.com. Owned and operated by the community,
0: and uh, I would keep an eye on
1: Daniel Hunter's Instagram account too, because <laughs> maybe he'll give us some clues.
0: Did he? Did, did, so did he? Is all of his Viking stuff deleted? Let's
1: see. I thought. I thought maybe there was uh, some restoring. Uh, I think there was deletion. Somebody restored something from deleted. somewhere. Yeah. Deleted, yes. He's been deleted. Yeah. But I, I think on Instagram, the kids would call that archiving. because you can archive a post and then put got it back it. Okay, yeah, onto done. your he's feed. Got, I love the kids. The I love the kids. Is, too. You're welcome. Get the Viking stuff back. Okay. You know, he's got a lot of shirtless pictures that just. There is oh, a uh, really classic photo man. of a very, God. very, very young Declan Goff interviewing Daniil Hunter in 2017. On his Instagram? No, not on his, but on mine. Uh, and oh. I was, uh, um, are you, are you both shirtless? Uh, no, but I, I was, I asked Vikings players about biceps and who would they like? I asked them like a goofy question and there's a picture of him holding my tiny little bicep. Um, <laughs> and it's, uh, it, it's, it's quite the, it's, it's, it's the comparison of the physical physique of one extraordinary player in Daniel Hunter and then a Declan Goff. So the, both these photos exist. I can maybe bring it up on a next episode. Dude, he is a machine. Yeah. Like he's I humongous. Mean, come on.
0: You scared. Just pay Yeah. I take back everything I said. Just give him twenty seven. He's a Superman. Yep. That's ridiculous. All right. Good show today here, boys. I, I think we we do have another Daniel Hunter thing here. That maybe there's there's a couple trade ideas out there that I think the question is: All right, is there any point at which you would consider trading Daniel Hunter? My mm-hmm. gut instinct is absolutely not. But there's there's an interesting offer that someone floated on the internet that it makes you think. Okay, well, maybe we get to that either tomorrow or Wednesday. Perfect. Well, you never know what's going to happen
2: on Purple Daily. No, Purple Daily is just a wild card.
0: (laughs) Yeah, fitting for the Vikings. Wild card. Uh, Thank you. We'd rather it be a division or a buy, but it's a a wild card. It's a wild card. (laughs) So uh, that's a wrap on today's episode of Purple Daily. Daily Vikings entertainment here, even through the off-season doldrums, which really aren't doldrums when one of your star players is holding out from off-season workouts. And we'll see you guys tomorrow. Thanks for hanging.